to you by the Georgia Governor's Office of Highway Safety, reminding you to buckle up, Georgia. Welcome to another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. This episode's going to be a fun one. It's good to, going to be good to catch up with a fellow GPB alum here in just a little bit alongside Hannah Gooden. I am John Nelson. It is another week in the books coming up on two weeks left in the regular season, and Hannah is fighting her allergies. I have allergy voice today. Yes, she does. She's making <laughs> she's making sure that her vocal range makes sure that she's not coughing in the middle of a segment. So she, she's low gearing it for the show this week. I feel like I have an issue with my voice every week. Allergies are tough. Yes, they are. I'm just sensitive to it. And there's nothing wrong with being sensitive to allergies. Last week I was stuttering. This week I'm going to be coughing. You know, it's <laughs> oh, you never know what you're going to get from me every Monday. Monday is not my favorite day of the week. Well, and I'm not a morning person, so for me to, to come in here and, and do this and try to sound like I know what I'm talking about. We need a new time slot. No, no we're all right. No, Sean puts <laughs> up joking. with us a great deal. All right, so last week we had Grayson with a dominant performance against Brookwood. Uh, mm-hmm. No Dylan Lonergan for Brookwood in the Football Fridays in Georgia Game of the Week against Grayson. Crazy first quarter. Game went absolutely sideways. Mm-hmm. And then a key moment created a, a bit of a, a bridge for Grayson heading to the half at 28-17. And then 30 unanswered points in the second half by Grayson to win that one by 41. You know it's a wild game when my mom texts me and she <laughs> says, I'm glued to the TV. I mean, that that just says it all right there for number one Grayson versus number 10 Brookwood. Senior running back Phil Maffa basically carried this one on his Big back. Maffa. He was outstanding. Just plain fun to watch. He rushed for 85 yards, had 105 yards receiving off two huge catches, and scored a total of four touchdowns. Of, of course, uh, quarterback Jake Garcia had a huge part in that, too. He was 8 of 12 passing for 233 yards. But what an outstanding offensive performance by the Rams. Unbelievable. And it was uh, for those of you that missed it, uh, you can go to the GPB Sports Twitter account at GPB Sports and you can hear the post game interviews that we had with Big Maffa and uh, Coach Carter. <laughs> what? <laughs> we start, well, it's like Big Mims and then we go from Big Mims to Big Maffa. Okay, but what the folks don't see is your facial expression when you're, when you're doing that. Big Maffa. Oh, man. So, no, it was a tremendous coffee. It, well, it's, it was a tremendous. It was great to see everybody at Brookwood. Uh, ran into Coach Dave Hunter, and mm-hmm. he wanted to say, wanted to make sure that uh, he got to say hello to everybody with uh, GPB. And it was, it's a great environment and uh, great folks at Brookwood. But just to see how dominant the number four team in the country is right now in Grayson, yeah. truly, they've got two quarterbacks with two different skill sets, and you've got Big Maffa as your uh, tailback. And uh, 160 all-purpose yards. He was our Georgia Cotton Commission player of the game. So it was uh, stellar work by them all night long. And uh, they're heading to another region title, and they've got one task in mind. Yep, undefeated at 8-0 on the season. They will take on Newton this Friday. The Broncos, on the other hand, are now 6-2. and They will face South Gwinnett. How is Region 4-7A shaping up as a whole, John? Region 4-7A is shaping up on the whole as I look at my region standings here. Uh, and remember, Region 4 is playing Region 1 this year when it comes to the postseason. So right now, Grayson at 3-0 and 8-0, Parkview a game behind at 2-1, Newton at 1-1, Brookwood and South Gwinnett are at 0-2, Brookwood's at 6-2, South Gwinnett's at 5-3. So 
Uh, Brookwood and South Gwinnett right now mm-hmm. fighting for that four spot. But Brookwood, you know, whoever the four seed is and whoever the three seed is out of Region 4 going on the road, right now that means if you're the four, you go to Moultrie. If you're the three, you go to Lowndes. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say anything yet, but Jake Garcia is my Zoom interview this week yes. for Recruiting 2020. I'm supposed to be talking to him tonight. So that'll be that'll be a fun interview. We'll keep an eye on that across social media platforms. Mm-hmm. What were your other games? All right. Since you've got everything else covered and our guest has South Georgia covered, right. I'm going to take a look around the metro Atlanta area this week. Go for it. You mentioned only a few weeks left of the regular season. Some big-time region games were on the line Friday night. Blessed Trinity finally got a fourth game in this season after (laughs) so many scheduling problems due to COVID. They also were quarantined themselves. The Titans defeated Hiram handedly 50 to nothing to go 4-0 on the year. They will remain number one in 5A on the GPB Sports rankings. Buford is number three in those rankings in 6A, coming off a 38-10 win over Lanier. Wolves senior wide receiver Boyd Farmer love that name Boyd Farmer Boyd Farmer returned an interception nearly 100 yards for a touchdown for a 17 to 7 lead Lanier stayed close until Buford's two fourth quarter touchdowns that put that one away in region 6 4a Maris defeated Stevenson 23 to nothing Lincoln Parker rushed for 112 yards and two scores on 13 carries that marks the War Eagles fourth shutout of the year which means they have not allowed a touchdown this season John, only two field goals. That's some pretty good defense right there. That's some pretty good defense right there. And in Region 6, 6A, Alatuna beat Kell 30-15 after leading only 3-0 at halftime. Kell got TD passes from Alon Hall of 49 yards and 38 yards in the third quarter to pull away. They will play my alma mater, Lassiter, on Friday, who's coming off a bye week. Lassiter's 2-6. and You know, we haven't checked in with the Trojans in a while, so I thought I'd give them a little shout-out. Absolutely, as you should. Let's see. My games from around the state, obviously, Region of Doom. Colquitt beating Lowndes 40-10. That was one of the biggest stories down in South Georgia. Lee County beat Northside Warner Robins by 6. Valdosta beat Houston County 31-14. Amari Jones was almost perfect from uh, out of the shotgun 13 of 14 for 249 there at Lee County this week. Richmond Hill Glen Academy will get into those two teams with Frank Solkowski from WJCL TV coming up in just a little bit. One of the wildest scores of the week, 7 to 5. No lie. Glen Academy beat Richmond Hill by the score of 7 to 5. This is in baseball. 7 to 5. That was what the final score was. We'll get into Islands in New Hampstead. That was a great game on the coast. Two four and O's going at it. Fitzgerald beat Thomasville 29-28. Down 28-21. Got a safety and a score for the win there in double A to win 29-28. Early County gets to 5-2, beating Cook in a back and forth at 42-35. Also on the board in single A public, Brooks over Clinch 45-3. Dublin Ouch. beat Johnson County in Region 4, 49-6, and the 316 War, as they call it. Washington Wilkes over Lincoln County by the score of 14-13. And it's just a small sample, as we love all of our children equally. Now, it is time for the guest of plenty. And since there are so many stories on the coast, we figured what we would do is we'd talk to one guy who could give us all those stories. Frank Solkowski. Grand Exalted Poobah Major Domo, GPB alum from WJCL-TV, host of The Frenzy, their Friday night high school football show that just blows up games everywhere, a lot of highlights, a lot of stuff. So here's our conversation with Frank, and the first question comes from Hannah. Frank, you yourself are battling the pandemic. I hear you're coming off quarantine. How you feeling? i tell you what, this has been, it, it was an odd experience because I went for months and months since it started, taking all the precautions and 
yeah, I actually caught it. I, I, I'm guessing maybe uh, when I went to uh, Georgia Southern's game up in uh, Myrtle Beach against Coastal Carolina. Uh, again, I was I was masked up, but uh, came back that Monday after the game, tested negative. Uh, but then Thursday went through and had another test and tested positive, then tested positive again. So, yeah, I just came off my quarantine, um, had no symptoms, never had a fever, never lost taste, never lost smell, had a little bit of a cough. But I usually do this time of year. It's been bronchitis and everything else. It's just seasonal allergies, I guess. But, you know, we, we didn't take any precautions. So, yeah, I quarantined. Uh, I'm now off of it. Uh, feel great, and I'm ready to, to get back into the game, that's for sure. Hannah can relate definitely with the seasonal allergy part. She, <laughs> she's, she's got the, the, the deep Lauren Hutton voice going tonight. I do. Well, I've got the allergy well, exactly. voice. Exactly. That allergy voice, you hear it this time of year, <laughs> and there's something so inviting about a, a deep voice like that. But uh, mine, it was a little bit of cough here and there, and that's why you know I was hoping to get on here with you guys last week, but uh, I was having a you know little fits here and there, and there was no chance, you know, no 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 real chance to get on here. But uh, what a difference a week makes! What a difference, you know, the ten days, fourteen days makes. And family's good. I'm good. Ready to ready to rock and roll. All right. So let's let's kind of get into things there on the coast a little bit. And to say that the approach that was uh, created by Savannah and the Chatham County school system was unique to get their season started, I think that's a bit of an understatement. Yeah, to go ahead and right off the bat, just kind of, you know, cancel uh, all non-district games and play only within the district uh, was something that that took some folks uh, back a little bit. And, and you know, there, everybody was taking their own steps and precautions and safety measures. And hindsight, I have no problem with the move for the Savannah-Chatham uh, County Public Schools. Uh, we also had some schools around the area. Uh, in some of the outlying counties that were having their own issues. I, I mean, Liberty County started off, and they didn't look like they were going to play, but they have since resumed, uh, started a little bit late. And then, you know, sporadically, we've had we've had programs that have been affected by it, uh, you know, with, with out in Portal and Claxton and Tattnall County. They've all had some situations. Southeast uh, or South Effingham actually dealt with a, a little thing back in August as well. But Savannah Chatham itself, uh, you know, saying no district, uh, only district, only game. So staying within the county, it's been different, but it, it's also brought about a, a sense of urgency. And I think a little bit more pride because you're playing for the city championship, the legit city championship. You're not in the different regions and everything else. So you're playing for a true public school uh, city championship here in Savannah this year. And then we get to the postseason, those teams will go, but they don't have their full you know region complement. Uh, which has been a little different because I think what we have seen over the years in recent years was uh, some really good rivalries being played with the likes of like Jenkins playing, you know, Southeast Bullock. I thought it turned into a, a fun, you know, little rivalry. We had seen New Hampstead uh, really step up in recent years at knocking off the likes of Statesboro and, and hanging with Wayne County. And, and it was different not having those tight matchups, but here we are in November and it's been all the Savannah Chathams playing each other. It's been a little different. Um, and then you also have the whole officiating shortage that, that they've had to deal with. So a lot more games on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So spreading it all out. I mean, there was actually a couple weeks back where we had four games on a, on a Thursday night here around Savannah Chatham County. Uh, and then that Friday night we had one game because so many of the, the private schools were in action around town as well. 
Uh, so it was, it's been different. Uh, but again, it's like I, I've stressed and I tell people every time I, I talk about football and, and just you know high school athletics this time of year and what we're going through in 2020, we're playing sports in a pandemic and we're doing so safely and precautions are being taken. And, and that's a relief because there has been some sense of normalcy with those Friday night lights being on, those rivalries, some being renewed, some continuing on. And again, here we are uh, closing in and, and teams are jockeying for playoff spots. And we're, we're seeing teams, you know, with great storylines coming out of Southeast Georgia and here on the coast. So uh, yeah, it's been different, uh, but in a way it hasn't been. So, and, and that, you know, not being different has been the big relief because we, We've all needed that distraction. We've all needed uh, high school football. Well, you take a look at Region 3, 4A, and you mentioned some of these teams just now. There's only four teams in that region, Benedictine Islands, Jenkins, New Hampstead. So with the last three I mentioned, those are city schools. So they are not allowed to participate in region play. So that leaves Benedictine as the automatic region winner without even having to play. It's amazing. It's amazing. It is amazing. But at the same time, I think going into the season, Benedictine's always going to be the cream of the crop, always going to be the team that everybody's chasing. Uh, What this caused was Benedictine went out and they really beefed up their non-region schedule. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if you look at what Danny Britt and company have done, uh, you know, they they had to play matchups and and they were on the road for a better part uh, of the uh, late, you know, September through October. Uh, you're talking about uh, they had away games. You, you rattle it off at Effingham, at Brunswick, at North Oconee, at Wayne County, at Ware County, at Appling County. Uh, that's a pretty, pretty, pretty big string. Yeah. And 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 uh, you know, and then you go through that region schedule, and they suffered back to or that non-region schedule, and they did suffer back-to-back losses against Ware and Appling, but hindsight. Those are two very good football teams. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you this. Just for logistics' sake, with Region 3 being what it is, how do they determine the 2, the 3, and the 4 now with Benedict and the only team in region that uh, isn't playing uh, Savannah City Schools? How are they determining the 2, the 3, and the 4? You know, that's always been the uh, the, the, the whole wild card is, you know, you, you really you don't get that play um, – but I think the way it's it's all falling is it's 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 you know it's going to be Benedictine will fall in with, because of what they've done and and they automatically bump to the top. I mean, right. let, let's be honest. I mean, uh, they they played uh, they were playing their full schedule. Right. Uh, so so technically, uh, they should and will be the number one team. But but then you take a team. In like islands, mm-hmm. islands, and New Hampstead and, and Jenkins, uh, islands will be the number two coming out of the region, okay? Uh, because they, they've gotten wins already against New Hampstead and uh, Jenkins. Gotcha. Okay. So islands, islands goes up to number two. Benedictine, uh, because of those other teams, basically it falls into a la forfeit okay. uh, is what happens. Okay. Uh, the, the the school district said we are not playing uh, outside of our our own our own district. Uh, so with that said, what that does is that bumps Benedictine to the number one spot and then two, three, and four, we're all battling each other just for the seating Okay, and, and can already tell you that islands has taken, uh, the other two matchups. They've beaten new Hampstead. They just beat new Hampstead and then they beat Jenkins. 
So Islands will be the number two and will actually host a state playoff game. Now Islands is going to go for uh, the city championship. They have two games left. They take on Savannah High, and then uh, that should be a relatively easy win uh, for Islands. And then what they'll do is after that, they'll finish up the season uh, against Windsor Forest, which could be a little bit of a challenge. But with that said, it's a non-region game. So uh, Islands is sitting here looking right now at going undefeated into the state playoffs, uh, not playing a full schedule, of course. All right. So then let me condense this question into a couple of different parts. Who else has impressed you this year? Who has been a pleasant surprise and who has disappointed well, again, I, I can't say enough about Islands. Uh, you know, this was a team that's been on the rise, uh, but last year forced to forfeit because of some GHSA violations. Um, and so uh, you had a coaching change there. Deshaun Printup took over, and he re- really hasn't lost a beat. Because going into this year, if, if you were to think who was going to be the Savannah City, the, uh, the Savannah Chatham public that was going to make noise, you would have assumed New Hampstead, right? Uh, because you know what they've been able to do and the talent that's that's been shown there. And Islands knocking them off this past week has shown that Islands is the new king of the hill when it comes to Savannah Chatham public, uh, which that's been refreshing. Uh, you know, I think uh, some people are kind of surprised Benedictine's not you know undefeated or where Benedictine usually is. But again, we we touched on it. That schedule they played was brutal. I mean, they had to go to the swamp in Waycross. And then, you know, take out, take on the fighting uh, Rick Tomberlins mm-hmm. there from Baxley. And, and that's and as we've seen, Appling County, when you talk about one of the teams that's been sur- surprising and pleasant, uh, they fall in our Southeast Georgia umbrella. They have been every bit impressive and has they've been fun to watch. And they are a very good football team there in Baxley. Uh, I think if you're looking at the big picture, I think Richmond Hill, again, has shown that they are indeed uh, in the conversation when you're talking about one of the better football programs in the state of Georgia, not just in their classification, but across the state. Uh, Of course, they come off of a loss now, their their first of the season, losing uh, at Glenn Academy this past week, 7-5. It turned into a defensive stalemate down the coast in Brunswick Friday night. But, but Richmond Hill is still a very dangerous team. I, I think some of the teams that I'm kind of surprised, and again, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the likes of Metter. I think Metter has right. been thoroughly impressive. I, I think the state is seeing what Metter is capable of. And, and it's also, let's, let's also look, we are playing in a pandemic, and some of these teams are playing in regions that, yes, may not be the top echelon, but I'm telling you, I think what Metter has done, they can make a deep run in the postseason. Uh, McIntosh County Academy has rebounded nicely, and I think the Buccaneers down in Darien are once again uh, a team to re- be reckoned with. And we, we, we've gone five years where they've been kind of non-existent down the coast. Uh, but once again, they are a very impressive team. If there are some teams that I think there, there was a letdown, uh, no doubt, I think it was uh, – I think South Effingham tops the list there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last year, you really thought South Effingham uh, had had turned the corner, uh, had their first winning seasons, uh, trip to the state playoffs, and and now South Effingham sitting here at, at zero and eight overall. Uh, that's kind of shocking, uh, but their schedule again has been tough. They too took on in non-region play, Metter, Appling County, Wayne County, their rival Effingham. They've taken on Brunswick. They've taken on Glenn. They've taken on Benedictine. They take it on Statesboro. Is that all? Oh, this week. 
yeah, oh, this week they got Richmond Hill. So we just touched <laughs> on Richmond Hill. So uh, I feel so bad, uh, you know, for them because they did take a huge step. And this is a much better South Effingham football program no than has been in recent years. Nathan Clark coming over from Lee County really does have them playing. The problem is, you know, they lost so much talent. You take a guy like Rocco Griffin, who's now at Vanderbilt, Austin Blasky along the offensive and defensive lines, who's now at Georgia. Uh, they lost their quarter, their, their three-year starter at quarterback. So they lost a lot. So I think there was going to be a, a little step back this season. Uh, but I didn't I, I didn't think oh and eight type setback. Right, yeah. Um, so again, I think that was one of the the more surprising. And if there's been kind of like oh, you know what's happened there, that's kind of been one of the teams. Uh, one of the team I didn't touch on too. I, I think Southeast Bullock was one of those football teams too, who's been uh, really impressive this year. And one of those teams that kind of uh, because of the way the regions played out and, and what Savannah Chatham. They were uh, they were crowned region champs early in the year as well because their region was kind of thrown upside down with with the Savannah Chatham. So Southeast Bullock, yes, they're four and three, uh, but what head coach Barrett Davidson company had to do was they had a hodgepodge of schedule together as well. And uh, I tell you what, when they beat Liberty County last month, uh, which was almost about a month ago, that gave them their the region title. So they will be a one seed coming out of that region as well, out of Region 3 AAA. Uh, and again, they're, they're kind of surprising. Even at 4-3, and three, people are like, that record's not all that. But I, I think they are uh, definitely headed in the right direction in Brooklyn as well. Frank, since you're so knowledgeable about, about all of Southeast Georgia, i got to ask you about Valdosta. They'll go back on the road this Friday to Leesburg to play Lee County. 4-3 and three on the year, 2-0 and oh in region play. What are your thoughts about Rush Propes and the season that's going on down there? Well, listen, I, I will be the first to tell you um, because I'm a Tiff County uh, uh, graduate, yeah, see, a, see? A, former, a former Blue Devil. That's why yeah. she asked the question. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, God dang it. You would put me on the spot here, wouldn't you? <laughs> I've, been, I've been holding out on this question. Oh, God, this is hard. Because as a, I'm supposed to straddle the fence, right? We're supposed to be unbiased. But you're, but, but you're Tiff through and through, though. Exactly. So whatever Valdosta gets, they have coming to them. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> okay. Do you know what? Fair and, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not taking it back to the 1990 blown call on the goal line where Tiff County yeah, you scores are. a touchdown and they say fumble. Oh, see, I did. Yeah, so <laughs> you I can did. remember that. You just did. Uh, oh, that's fantastic. Oh, I still lose sleep about the 10-6 loss at Baysmore Hyder in 1991, but no, I'm not bitter at all. <laughs> you sound um, like John. Exactly. Oh, now listen, tremendous. listen, listen, uh, Valdosta's Valdosta. Yes. The tarnish has been knocked off a little bit. Um, but if there's a, if there's a coach out there who will get that shine back, it's going to be rush probes, uh, love them or hate them. Uh, the guy is going to make them a winner. It's just, he came into a program where the cupboard, was a little bit more barren than it was when he arrived at Cochrane County. Uh, that's just my thought on it. So I think Valdosta will be uh, back, uh, you know, among the best. I mean, you look at their, you know, uh, they they're going to bounce back. Right. They're they're going to bounce back. Uh, Lee County, that's a tough one to bounce back against. Uh, so it, it's probably not happening now. But this will not be the last that we'll hear of Valdosta. I have a feeling. 
within the next five years, they'll be back in uh, championship games once again. One final question for you from Hannah for this go-round. One more. Oh, gosh. All right, we do this segment on the new recruiting. Shady Lane. (laughs) Shady Lane Chili Dogs in Tifton are the best chili dogs in the state of Georgia. Oh, there you go. So controversial. But I do like New Way. And I do. I will say there's some fantastic loose meat sandwiches on the square in Thomason. Uh, I, I will say that. See, see, Frank, you and I need to have a separate show about this particular. But this is another football exactly. question. Another football question okay. from Hannah before we go. I can't say I'm not going to put you on the spot, though. Okay, bring it, bring it, Hannah. <laughs> All right. So we've got a brand new show called Recruiting 2020, and what we do each week yes. is we pick a kid that is underrated, and we say we are going to make this kid an offer by featuring him on the show. Is there someone down there on the coast or in Southeast Georgia that you think is the most underrated player and needs to be recognized and given an offer, or oh, a better, or really... a or a better offer than they currently have on their on their stacks? That that's a really good question. This is a great segment because uh, you know that's one of the things that I, I, hold, I hold near and dear. I really do believe that what us as journalists has become. Yes, we do the scores, we do the highlights, but I think one of the most important jobs that we have, just like coaches, has become is helping get these kids to the next level. Let them get the opportunity. To, to, to have their talent take them to the next level and get that education. Uh, you know, if there was a young man who, for talent, what I've seen, listen, I got a couple. Uh, I got, I really do have a couple that I, I got, I got two right now. I, I got to share with All you. right, hit it. Um, one, Damasio Harris running back at Jenkins. Okay. This young man, he's only five foot nine, about 190 pounds. But the kid runs hard and has a nose for the end zone every time. He's a senior at Jenkins. Damasio Harris started off his high school career at Windsor Forest and transferred over, was part of that Jenkins run last year to the Final Four. He's back this year, and because uh, Jenkins this year isn't having uh, the, the, the same type success, they're 3-2 and two this year, he is a really good one. Uh, with that said, he's one of them. And let me go ahead and say Barry Klein-Peter, yes. quarterback at Savannah Country Day School. I think he has so many tools. And for me, what he reminds me of in reality is one of those type quarterbacks we've seen come up through the Valdosta States over the years, one of those Hal Mummy type guys, one of those Mike Leach type guys. This guy, Chris Hatcher type guys, this guy can sling it all over the field and he's doing it at Savannah Country Day, and I don't think he's getting as much of attention because they're playing down in that single A and because, you know, there are some more visible programs, Country Day, not necessarily the elite in single A. But I think Barry Klein, Peter, and the young man just does so many things right on and off the field. Uh, I, I would be remiss if I didn't share this one quick story on, on kind of why I want him uh, for no other reason. Uh, he, he got named the player of the week here. Uh, uh, in Savannah a couple weeks back. And what he did was he gave up the award to uh, a Windsor Forest player who had really lo- uh, recently lost his mother who passed away. Oh, wow. And he, he deferred that player of the week to the other young man who finished second in voting because earlier that week he had lost his mother. Uh, and I think that just says a lot about the type young man Barry Klein Peter is. So if I had to, I hate taking two, but let me just say right off the top of my head, Damasio Harris and and Barry Klein, Peter here in Savannah. 
Absolutely epic. Uh, Frank Solkowski, major domo of the frenzy on Friday nights, WJCL-TV. Let's see. You anchor the news. You do the sports. Uh, you, you, fly the, you fly the helicopter uh, for, to break yeah. the news. You cover hurricanes. Uh, GPB alum, by the way, Frank Solkowski. Boy, it, you know, watching the election, it took me back, Nelson, to uh, to some of those early morning, late nights down in the basement of the Capitol building yeah, working brother. on feature stories. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's what shaped us, what made us. And there's not a day that goes by that I, I, I don't count my blessings for my time at GPB and Prep Sports Plus. And, and, and that was my first opportunity coming off of my internship. Uh, which also happened here in Savannah, WTOC. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and who would have known that years later I'd come back here and now I'm, uh, you know, I'm not any younger. <laughs> None uh, of us are, my friend. <laughs> boy, I've got I've gotten better looking with age, though. I do feel I'll, very. Yeah, I'll stipulate to that. You're better looking than I, than I am. <laughs> but I tell you what, here we are, and and the one thing that hasn't changed are the amazing young men and women playing high school athletics here in the state of Georgia. It's a blessing. It's an honor, and uh, it's a thrill to be able to cover them every day. I know you guys feel the same way. And, again, I appreciate this opportunity to talk about sports a little bit with you guys. Love you, my friend. We'll catch up with you soon. All right. Much love to you guys. Keep it all uh, in line up there in the ATL. We'll do the same here on the coast. It's always good to catch up with Frank on a bunch of different levels. A, because he and I are such good friends, and I've known him for so long, and to see his career go from – uh, Statesboro and Tift down in South Georgia to be there in Savannah and become part of the fabric of Savannah. It's just it's really cool to see how uh, how Frank has uh, has career has evolved. But uh, just it's always good to catch up with a good friend who knows a boatload about high school sports. So knowledgeable. Remind me of you, John. He can just spit off facts from decades ago that nobody remembers. But y'all, but, it's amazing. But Frank is is prettier and far more attractive than I am. He has not aged. You know what, John? You are. You haven't aged either. You are evergreen. <laughs> I did not mean to put him on the spot, though. I, I do feel bad. You know, you never want to make somebody flustered on air. So I'm sorry, Frank. My bad. No, you're not. No, I'm not sorry at all. All right. So what's the game this week for us? All right. Let's preview our Football Friday game of the week. We'll be covering a big Region 4-6A matchup between number 7 Lovejoy and number 8 Westlake. The Wildcats are 7-1 and one under head coach Edgar Carson and coming off their first loss of the season and first loss in region play to Langston Hughes. 18-20 to 20 was the final score in that one. West Lake in Atlanta is also 7-1 with head coach Bobby May, but they're undefeated at 3-0 in region play, so this will be a big test for both of these teams, John. I'm really excited about it. West Lake beat North Atlanta 56-18. R.J. Johnson threw for 229-2. A.V. Terrell had a pick six for a score. Five different rushers scored in their 38-point win over North Atlanta. So recruiting 2020 will be at seven o'clock before the Football Fridays in Georgia pod uh, for the Football Fridays in Georgia game of the week. This is the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. <laughs> this is the end of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast for another go around. And as always, it's great to catch up with Frank Solkowski and get the lay of the land down there on the coast. This show is produced by the irreplaceable Sean Powers and everybody here behind the scenes at GPB who got everything figured out so we could do this show this week and every other week for Hannah. I'm just John. Play it safe, everybody. Enjoy the game.
At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by the Georgia Governor's Office of Highway Safety, reminding you to buckle up, Georgia.